Hey, this is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment. Today is Sunday, May 10th, 2020. Today was the day I was originally supposed to go with my mom on an airplane to Central Europe, but that is being postponed till sometime in 2021. Instead, I will give you now my review and retrospective on the 20th anniversary review and retrospective of Mission Impossible 2. Here we go. I remember going to see this movie with my dad back in 2000. I will always really like the Latin music slash Latin dancing that is shown and heard during the scene that is supposed to take place in Spain even though they never really filmed in Spain. I like the martial arts final fight between Cruz and the main bad guy especially when Tom does a 360-degree back kick. This movie is often considered to be the least-liked entry in the Mission Impossible franchise, but there are still a few things that make it fun to watch. Overall, overall though, it easily won't be watched as much as, as any other movie in the series. I will now go over trivia about MI2 that I find to be important, then, then perform memorable quotes from the movie. Starting off with the first bits of trivia here. Director John Woo's first cut of the movie clocked in at three and a half hours. Yes, three and a half hours. Paramount Pictures balked at this length and told him that the final length could not exceed two hours. This would explain why there are so many plot holes and con- continuity errors in the theatrical cut. Mission Impossible 6 Fallout is about two and a half hours. Oh, and Mission Impossible 7, which which was originally supposed to come out in the summer of 2021, is now supposedly now going to be coming up, hopefully, Mission Impossible 7 in November of 2021. It was changed, changed the release date from because you know what. Luther Stickles, Vic Ram's line, it, it's that simple, huh? After hearing Ethan Hunt's explanation of what he thinks... Primera is was a joke about Mission Impossible 1996, which was widely criticized for having an overcomplicated plot. This was the highest-grossing movie of 2000. The movie initially was rated R, but was re-rated PG-13 after many action scenes were cut and the violence was trimmed down considerably. Tom Cruise lied to the movie's insurance agents, saying that he would be letting 
the stunt crew handle all the major action set pieces. In reality, Cruz did about 95% of his own stunts. Each director in the franchise has been asked to return for the sequel to their movies, all except for John Woo. Interesting. Okay, now, according to Robert Town, much of his script was written around action scenes that John Woo told him he wanted that John Woo told him he wanted to be able to direct in the movie. Tom Cruise and John Woo clashed over some of the stunts as Woo wanted stunt doubles and Cruise was adamant about doing them. He told Woo he didn't like cheating and that it's too, that it's too easy to spot when the actor is being doubled because of body movement, timing, etc, etc. It didn't help that Wu was afraid of heights. Wu admired Cruz's courage. Because of his huge back-end deals, Tom Cruise was forced to pay for the production overruns out of his own pocket. Tom Cruise rode the motorcycle through the, through the fire without the use of flame protection gear or gel. Mission Commander Swanbeck, Sir Anthony Hopkins, becomes the first person in any Mission Impossible episode or movie to actually use the phrase Mission Impossible. With his percentage deal on profits, royalties, and merchandise, it is said that Tom Cruise was paid the unprecedented sum of $75 million for his work on this movie. The, char- the car chase between Ethan, Tom Cruise, and Naya Vandy Newton was influenced by, influenced by a car chase in another spy movie, Goldeneye 1995, where James Bond raced Xenia on a top across the French countryside. Tom Cruise personally contributed to... Personally contributed to the scene in which Ethan and Naya catch each other's eyes across the room from each other through the flamingo flamingo dance. That's right, that's Latin dance music and dance thing I was talking about earlier. Stating that he always wanted to perform a simple boy meets girl sequence. Tom Cruise and John Woo debated multiple. Co- Debated multiple countries as the locale for their love story, including Italy, Russia, and Malaysia, but ultimately decided on Spain. Wu admitted that he was crazy about the flamenco dance. Now, I looked for filming locations. It looks like they didn't really film in Spain. Maybe they did, but I don't think they did. So, but there was definitely filmed in Australia. 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 <clears throat> Moving on. This movie marks the first appearance of Ethan Hunt's Dimitri Elias, which he used again in Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol while being imprisoned while imprisoned in Moscow. John Woo wanted the movie to have a human element as opposed to being all about action and stunts. And when the script came in with the love triangle, he knew he knew it he knew it was what he wanted. As of 2018, this is the only Mission Impossible movie where Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, is actually working with, actually working for the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force, and not on the front working outside the IMF or disavowed. Mission Impossible 1996, Ethan is 
believed to be a mole and is disavowed in Mission Impossible 3, 2006. Ethan eventually is on the run from the IMF after he's believed to be an enemy. In Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol, the IMF is shut down. In Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation, the IMF is disbanded and Ethan is considered a rogue agent. And in Mission Impossible 6 Fallout, Ethan and his team are chased by the CAA after the agency's assassin Walker turns on them. So the CIA disavows the IMF, suspecting them as traitors and believing the IMF is obsolete. When Ethan Hunt is shot in the leg by Sean Ambrose, that's the main bad guy, and mumbles, it is obvious that it is not Tom Cruise mumbling, but Richard Roxburgh, which was added in post-production, and hints that it is not the real Ethan Hunt, but Hugh Stamp disguised as Ethan Hunt. And uh, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Even when I rewatch it, it's one of my favorite scenes right there to watch about it. Mission Impossible 2 has the same basic plot as Alfred Hitchcock's classic 1946 Not Notorious. Agent recruits woman in trouble, Ingrid Berman in Notorious, Fanny Newton in MI2. To get involved with the bad guys with his dangerous weapons, uranium in Notorious, bioweapon in MI2. And it's called, uh, and the, the virus thing is called Chimera. The agent. Cary Grant and Notorious, Tom Cruise in MI2, falls in love with the woman, and at the end, the bad guys, Claude Rains and Notorious, Duke Ray Scrod and MI2, find out about the woman and poison her. Agent rescues the woman at the last minute. However, the villain's faithful right-hand man warning of him... However, the villain's faithful right-hand man warning him of the woman being a mole is similar to the plot of North by Northwest, 1959, which is also directed by Sir Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock and also starring Cary Grant. So it is. It, so also it is. Um, it is interesting to note that Mission Impossible Two is the only film of, out of the six where Hunt is always is always working with the IMF. In the first movie, he is believed to be a mole and is disavowed. In the third one, he is suspected to be an enemy and forced to go on the run. In Ghost Protocol. At number four, the entire IMF goes underground and Hunt becomes a fugitive. In Rogue Nation 5, the IMF is disbanded and Hunt is considered a rogue agent. And in Fallout 6, the CIA are tricked into believing that the MIF to be... And in Fallout, the CIA are tricked into believing the IMF to be the Signicant and Hunt's on the run again. MI2 stands out Therefore, as the only one where Hunt is on good terms with the people he's working for. With the exception of Ethan Hunt and Luther Stickwell, no other characters who appear in MI2 have appeared in any of the other movies. Despite the movie ending with Hunt and Naya together, Fandy Newton seamlessly vanishes afterward, and Michelle Monaghan... Ma Ma I'm sorry, Michelle Monaghan, I'm sorry for pronouncing your last name, playing Hunt's love interest in MI3 and becomes his wife. Anthony Hopkins is replaced by Lawrence Fishburne, who in turn was replaced by Tom Wilkinson in Ghost Protocol. And Tom Wilkinson in Ghost Protocol. And Tom Wilkinson was also in Batman Begins. Um, and Tom Wilkinson was replaced by Alec Baldwin in Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation. While the franchise has always, while the franchise has always characters drop out 
casually from movie to movie, this the most rent installments have tried to establish some sort sense of continuity and even brought back actors from the very first movie as well as established ties to original characters. Most notably, Vanessa Kirby's White Widow in Fallout in 6 is the daughter of Max from the first movie played by Vanessa Rengrave. But the lack of connections to MI2 hint that but the lack of connections in MI2 hint that this was the one mission that no one, not even Mr. Cruz, cares about. And now I'll perform some memorable quotes from the movie. Mission Commander Sandwag Sandwag Beck after after during a briefing in Sandville, Spain. Mr. Hunt, this isn't mission difficult. It's mission impossible. Difficult should be a walk in the park for you. Sean Ambrose to Ethan, you know, that's the hardest part about going to portray you. You know that the hardest part about having to portray you is gritting like an idiot every 15 minutes. Mission Commander Swambeck in a conversation during a briefing in Seville, Spain with Ethan Hunt. Miss Hall and Ambrose had a relationship which he took very seriously. She walked away and he's been wanting her back ever, ever since. We believe she's our surest and quickest way of locating him. And then what? Make sure she continues to see him, get him to confide in her, and report to you. You made it sound as if I, you, you made it sound as if, sound as if I was recurring her for her skills as a thief. Well, well then I misled you, or you made the wrong assumption. Either way, we are asking her to resume her prior relationship, not to do anything she hasn't already done. Voluntarily, I might add. No, she's got no training for this kind of thing. What? To go, in, to go to bed with a man and lie to him? She's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. Sean Ambrose. You know women, mate. Like monkeys they are. Won't let go of one branch until they get a hold of the next. Mission Commander Swenbeck during a briefing in Seville, Seville, Spain. You were under specific instructions to bring back a living sample of the Chimera virus. I'd be very interested to know how, after you managed to recover, after you managed its recovery intact, it subsequently got destroyed by fire. That's the best way, really. Mission Commander Swanbeck, seeing and hearing his briefing through sunglasses and earpieces. Good morning, Mr. Hunt. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, involves the recovery of a stolen item designated Chimera. You may select any two, two team members, but it is, it is essential that the third member of your team be Naya Noroff Hall. She is a civilian and a highly capable professional thief. You have 48 hours to recruit Miss Hall and meet me in Seville to receive your assignment. As always, should any member of your team be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. And Mr. Hunt, the next time you go on holiday, please be in good please please be good enough to let us know where you're going. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Five seconds before he throws the sunglasses in front of him. I let you know where I'm going. I won't be on holiday.
Sean Ambrose briefing his men. If you look at Hunt's oper- operational history, and I have, you'll notice that he invariably favors misdirection over confrontation. We've got 19 hours and 57 minutes. I'll get Bellafrone into your system by then. Just stay alive. I'm not going to lose you. Every search for a hero must begin with something that every hero requires. A villain. The ball's in your court, Mr. Hunt. Uh, Before I wrap up the rest of this retrospective review, I just want to say, if you like any of my content in my podcasts, or also any of my content in my YouTube videos, either or or both, uh, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter, and I'd like to make a big movie one day. Please consider supporting me on my Patreon at patreon.com slash millennialmanmotions.com. Entertainment LLC. Again, that's patreon.com slash Millennial Man Motions Entertainment LLC. I I hope if you have any requests on Patreon, on Patreon, I will listen to those to help fulfill your requests and suggestions. Also, for requests and suggestions, you can get that through um, in a direct message on my fa- business's Facebook page, which is at facebook.com slash Millennial, Millennial Man Motions is the life of the party. So that's all my plugs now for the Patreon and for the business Facebook page. Uh, and now, with all that said, I will continue with wrapping up the rest of my review by saying... This is Mission Impossible 2 from 2000. This is by far the most disappointing entry in the series. I will now give you my rating of MI2. I will give this a letter grade of a D, as in destroy, diamond, delicious, or dinner. Or a one and a half out of four stars. I'll see you at the movies. Everybody dance and have a good time. This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, signing out.